Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Catron, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Not much. Not much at all, Mike. How are you feeling lately, Tyler? I, just, I have a, I got a couple of questions for you to start out the podcast. How am I feeling? How you been feeling lately? Wow, well, I mean, I'm feeling pretty, pretty strong. I guess pretty good. Really? How are you feeling? Yeah, You're feeling pretty strong, pretty, pretty good. Because that's yep. that's surprising me. Because if we, if you go out to the Watch the Boxes Listener League, it looks like you're going to lose the league, Tyler. Oh, I'm on up now. on you in the league. I'm in first yeah, place. but it's only when, and I'm up on you halfway Wednesday. through the week. It's only Wednesday. I'm gonna crush you tomorrow because I got lots of guys playing and you got nobody. Oh, I should go. Ooh, I should go look at that. Um, yeah, I th- uh, the this week is the um, the much anticipated oh, Tyler versus Mike head to head. You talking trash? You're beating me by one assist, and that is winning you the week right now. One what? measly assist. Listen, uh, that's if that's how I gotta win. That's how I gotta win. Well, guess what? You better enjoy. I just picked up Rondo off the waivers, so you better watch your back, son. That was good. That was a good pickup. Uh, I think he'll play next month. Uh, it doesn't look like uh, tomorrow's a bad day for uh, most teams, but um, yeah, there's only two games, right? Yeah, it's a games. TNT special, so uh, it's kind of a hard thing. Let's actually let's. I mean, this is a good opportunity to maybe talk about head to head, like what you do in the middle of the week during during head to head. A little bit of strategy talk here. Especially in a week like this where there's only a couple games. So, Tyler, you're down, like I said. But you're down a point. You're down one assist. And in this league, there's about five pickups per week. Not that I'm trying to make you give away what you're going to do so I can uh, counter you. Because that, that might or might not be what I'm doing right now. But what what moves are you going to make for the for the rest of the the week here? Looking at this deficit, are you going to let it play out? Are you going to are you going to pick up some players? Well, I mean, I, and I talk about this a lot in my schedule primer article. I'm always trying to maximize my games. I think that's the, kind of the easiest way to win a head to head matchup. I'm in a really precarious position in this, in the sense that I'm winning turnovers barely and I'm losing assists barely. So if I go too heavy on assist guys, I'm probably going to lose turnovers. So really the category I'm focusing on winning is rebounds. Um, I'm about 20 rebounds down. I'm going to try to make up that deficit um, by just kind of sneakily picking up rebounds and maybe be replacing. On Friday when there's a ton of games, I might replace some of my guards in my utility spot with some bigger forwards or centers that are going to get me some more rebounds to try to win the week there. I like that. It's, I think that's a pretty good um, baseline to start your head-to-head strategy is to – you know, you drafted a a pretty good team, and 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 most people listening to this podcast, I I would assume you drafted a pretty good team as well. Because I, uh, looking at how this year has started, we've been a little bit more right than a little more wrong, and and that's been positive so far. You know, we we were high on Ricky Rubio, uh, we were high on Oladipo, we were high on Aaron Gordon, and uh, all those guys are are off to pretty solid starts, but. You want to let that team that you drafted, you know, produce, right? So for the first couple of days, I don't like to make too many moves. I'll, I'll maybe pick up a guy to play on a on a slow day, just with one of my one of my pickups, 
But by midweek, that's when you should be starting to adjust your uh, roster and starting to maximize those transactions that you have for the week. Um, and this, I, I think this is a strategy for if you're in a limited transaction, which if you're playing head-to-head, I, I really do think you should limit the transactions per week because there's there are just a bunch of guys out there who, if there's, if there's an infinite amount of transactions, they'll just pick up and drop like, you know, half their team. And to me, that's not, that's like, not, that's a managerial game. That's not really a fantasy game to me. Well, then it's just like daily fantasy, right? You're just drafting a whole, yeah. like half a new roster every day. Like, I'll just cut this guy. And, and the shallower the league, the more you can get away with that, right? Because the waiver wire, there's there's plenty of options if you're in like an eight, 10 team league out there where you can get some pretty good stats and just kind of cycle through. Um, obviously, the deeper the league gets, which is kind of one of the reasons I like to play in deeper leagues. Like, okay, you can try to do that, but on the waiver wire, there's guys playing like 10 minutes a game. You got your Willie Hernan Gomez's and your. Um, I see. That I hate deep leagues because I don't want to care about Willie Hernan Gomez. I do not care about you, Willie Hernan. I don't care. That's the thing. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you probably stick more with your team just because it's like, you know, what I mean, I don't want Willie Hernan Gomez to seven minutes on my roster. Like that's not helping me any. Yeah, and I, I like to have an active wa- uh, waiver wire, and I, th- I think standard leagues, you know, the twelve teams, thirteen roster spots does allow for a, a decent amount of streaming and you have to be a little bit knowledgeable when you're streaming. And I like your strategy of saying, all right, what am I close in? Right. And being 20 rebounds off, isn't really a lot of rebounds. That's like, you know, two really good rebounders. So not only would you maybe look for a rebounder on the waiver wire who might be playing two games uh, for the rest of the week versus, or maybe even three games for the rest of the week versus someone on your team who maybe only has one game left. That's usually a pretty good strategy. And I'm not going to drop any of my top 70 players, but um, you know, if I have like Frank Kaminsky sitting down near the bottom of my, uh, my team and he's only got one game this week. Yeah. He's going to probably give me a, a few rebounds, but there's probably better players out there and more games. That's just a, a better way to, to to maximize the games played for that week. Yeah, and I mean, there's always just plentiful um, guys available in that twelve team league, right? That are are one category specialists, right? Because no one really wants to to roster a Tyson Chandler who's going to get you some good rebounds, but not a lot else. Um, so those always those types are kind of usually available. Yeah, Tyson Chandler becomes more valuable as the week goes on, as you see how your matchups are actually uh, panning out. And I also like your strategy of saying, you know, I got uh, some of these days are actually really packed. You're going to be benching guys who are playing for the first, probably the first time um, and trying to focus on more rebound centric guys later in the week during those days makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like sometimes we, we try to overthink it, right? Like, oh, man, this guy, I drafted him to be my, my eighth starter, my ninth starter. I have to start him. Well, I was like, no, I mean, there's no rules. If you need rebounds, you yeah, you and that guy's a, a point guard. It's a George Hill. Then you probably don't want to start George Hill. You probably want to start someone who's going to get you rebounds because you need to win rebounds to win the week. So um, don't overthink it. Do you uh, take into account matchup as well? Well, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I told this to a lot of people at the beginning of the season. What I like to do is um, whether you use Mark's rankings, which is what I personally use, or you use Basketball Monster or whoever you use, 
Um, you just take a set of projections, and I'll put his team, and I got to look at his team and try to decide who's going to actually play in the games, right? So, like, he's going to have some players he usually benches, at least some this week. So I'll put that in a spreadsheet. I'll go day by day, fill in the games for both teams, and I'll kind of see where I'm at at the beginning of the week based on per-game averages. Now, obviously, there's going to be crazy games. There's going to be horrible games, so it's not a perfect thing. But I can kind of say, okay, Mike and I are going to be close in assists and in steals. So I'm going to try to pick up for the week guys who are going to get me assists and steals because those are the two categories that need to push me over, Mike. That's a pretty good strategy. Um, You better not do it, but uh, it is a very good idea when you're playing head-to-head to manage your each week uh, individually and and let the week come to you. Not don't try to force anything. Uh, and you could kind of look at the other guy's roster and say like, oh, he's got some really good bigs and not very good guards. Uh, maybe I should focus on bigs so I can compete. But I, I don't think you should try to predict the future. You know, just let let the let the week come to you. Yeah, and I mean, right, and and we talk about this during the draft, right? You always change your strategy up midweek, maybe. You thought you were going to win assists, but you had, I don't know, Dennis Smith Jr., and he's missed the first two of his four games, and he looks like he's doubtful to play in the third game. Well, then obviously you probably have to shift your strategy and try to win something else. Yeah, and definitely have to adjust based on who who on your team is actually going to be playing. I know I have, I've had Miles Turner on a couple of teams, and uh, I actually won uh, one of the weeks with Miles Turner on my team. So I think it's a Miles Turner, Quiet Leonard. So that other team must have been pretty bad, but um, the other team had Chris Paul and uh, maybe uh, they might have drafted uh, Gordon Hayward and Jeremy Lin as well. But um, yeah, you, you got to stay active pretty much every day. You don't have to. Um, it's not like baseball where you have to like do uh, get out your spreadsheet and calculate per day, right? A majority of your team is going to stay the same. Your big hitters are always going to play. You're always going to start all your active guys. But, you know, a couple times during the week, you might want to say, all right, here's my here's the standings. Here's what I'm good at. Uh, here's what I need to catch up on. Let, let me make an adjustment here, a pickup here, uh, adjustment there, a couple times a week. That's that, that's pretty much it. It's A lot of people think uh, fancy basketball, since there's games every day, takes a Take a, takes a lot of time and effort, and, and to me, even having multiple, you know, leagues that I have to manage, right? It's it's not a huge time sink. Uh, I, I spend way more time looking at box scores and uh, watching basketball. Oh, I'm with you there. I mean, I maybe look at at each team I own, maybe I don't know five minutes a day, unless I'm trying to make a trade or something. I mean, I just kind of check, see how the standings are going, see who, make sure I have my roster set for tomorrow and or today, you know what I mean? And, and boom, done. I like to do it kind of late at night, and then I just kind of look for tomorrow. Okay, I got all my active players in. That one's good. I'm pretty good in this category, whatever. Five minutes maybe tops, and I'm out. Yeah, see, I think it works. You know, you can look after the games are over. You can look in the morning or the afternoon uh, while you're at work and, and doing nothing. Or, um, you know, on your lunch break, if you have a job where they force you to actually do work, which sounds really terrible. I feel bad for everyone uh, doing that. But, yeah, like, it's not a huge time sink. Just check your roster, make sure everybody's starting, and look at your 
rankings. That's it. It's it sounds simple, right? It always sounds simpler than it is. That that is one hundred percent true. So let's um, let's get into the waiver wire. This is the middle of the week, and uh, we we like to do, we're going to continue to do um, a a watching the waivers segment. You like that? You like that name for the segment, Tyler? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It's, it's natural. Uh, but first, I want to ask you something, Tyler. Do you like drafting for fancy basketball? Oh, I thought you were going to say just like drafting, just like when people draw out like, those ha- house plans or whatever they are. Do you I like, love that. I love drafting for fantasy basketball. Oh, well, this is that's a better question. Do you like drafting like um, diagrams of buildings? Oh, I also love that. That's one of my favorite really? things to do in my spare time. Wow. Do you like the draft like when people are forced to go into the armed services? I have never experienced that, so I will not speak on that. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I don't like that type of drafting. Not a fan. I'm anti that type of drafting, but I am for drafting for fantasy basketball. It is the best part of the season. But for most people, those drafts are over, and for some people, they didn't really do a very good job with their draft. I assume. Uh, I'm hoping a lot of people, listeners did a pretty good job. But would you like it if you could? Draft every single day. I would love that. To play daily fantasy where you could win cold, hard, sweaty cash. Well, can it not be sweaty? Can we dry it first at least? Well, I think it's mostly digital cash. Um, So I guess it won't be cold or, well, I guess your computer is cold and hard. Um, Unless, you know, it might be overheating, so it might be hot and hard. Uh, (laughs) But you could still win cash. Well, how do so, I do it? Let's hear it. Yeah, so the way to do this is to play um, Draft.com. It's like the, the – what a great URL, by the way. Great snag by the guys over at Draft.com. You can either download the app or go to Draft.com right now. It is a daily fantasy basketball app, and you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like you do in season long, but you draft every single day. Here's how it works. The draft lasts for one night. You don't have to manage your team. You don't have to do trades or waiver wire stuff. The draft basically lasts a couple minutes, and you don't have to worry about drafting someone who's injured or not playing. You draft players who are playing that single night, and if you end up having the best draft, you end up winning a a pretty decent amount of cash. Drafts start for one Dollar like this, you can only spend a dollar. It's pretty cheap. There's no salary caps, and you can play with your friends. You can play with strangers. You can play with um, people who have lots of money. You can play with very little money. So if you join Draft.com today, for our listeners, you will get a free entry to a, a, a draft when you make your first deposit if you use the promo code Boxes. B-O-X-E-S. You can play Real Money Games tonight using that promo code. And for our listeners, if you tweeted us with a screen cap of you signing up for Draft.com using the promo code BOXES, we will enter you into a future Draft.com draft where you can actually take our money by beating us on Draft.com. You'll definitely take my money. 
I don't know, Tyler. I played tonight, and um, I ended up winning tonight. Joel Embiid was a great pickup this evening. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm liking this draft.com. I, I like – what I like about it is that, you know, in daily uh, – it's a different way to play daily, basically. And in some dailies, you know how, like, you know, like 30 people might have the exact same roster or a majority of the same roster, and then a couple of their guys get lucky. In this, everyone has a different roster because it's – during the draft, you can't pick the same players. You know what I, I, I always despise about daily is when, like – Someone uses the crappest player who's going to play like 20 minutes and then he goes off and just like hits eight of eight shots and gets him, you know, a crap ton of daily points. And that's what beats you. That always drives me insane. But it doesn't sound like that's going to happen in draft, right? Because the roster is a little bit smaller. So it's basically primarily just going to be studs, right? Yeah, no one's gonna get lucky with a you know one of those you know one thousand dollar player, two thousand dollar. Yeah, players. Dylan Brooks, right on the first game of the season, like just going off at all his shots, right? And then that's not gonna happen on draft. No, so it's 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 a lot more straightforward, and and, and I I pretty I think it's pretty fun. So go out there today, use the promo code boxes if you like um, gambling and you like daily fantasy and you like fantasy basketball and you like this podcast, it helps us out. Uh, so go out there today, and if you tweeted us, we will. Um, we will basically set you up so you can take our money, which is um seems like a really bad idea on our part, but we're gonna do it. Ah, what's money anyways? Yeah, no big deal. So let's get into our midweek waiver wire, watching the waivers. Where where do you want to begin? There's I think there's a lot of uh, activity out there uh going on right now. You have um I, I actually want to start with the point guard situation in Phoenix. Oh, man, so many juicy Phoenix men on this waiver wire, I will say that. Well, I, I know you like the juicy men in Phoenix, but I think there's only a couple of those guys that I actually like for a uh, a longer-term, rest-of-year type of player. Um, since the Eric Bledsoe situation is still pending, um, Mike James and Tyler Eulis really aren't long-term options in my opinion well everything you're hearing now right is they're gonna wait until at least december 15th because there's like 90 more players right that signed contracts this year that are eligible to be traded so i mean you're talking another month i mean that's month and a half so i mean you could i mean anybody that 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 might be worth even more than a stream right if you can have a player who's worthwhile for a month and a half that's that's big money so a lot of people made a a move on Mike James after his um, pretty outstanding evening uh, a couple of nights ago, or I believe it was last night, uh, 24 points, five assists, four steals in 29 minutes tonight. Um, not that good, 10 points, six assists, four rebounds, but it does seem like Mike James is taking the starting position, is taking a bulk of the minutes. I don't think every night's going to be like that 24 point night, but it does seem like he can get you a decent clip of assists and um, score the ball every once in a while. Yeah. And what you like, right. Is he's playing more minutes than you list. So you like that. Um, he's more experienced. He's 27 years old. He played quite a bit in Europe. Um, another thing you like is he's getting basically 10 shots every night. One for 10 tonight, which you don't love. But, I mean, you get 10 shots every night and you're hitting at a 40% clip, 
plus a three-pointer. I mean, that's nine points right there. That's if you don't go to the line at all, and he shoots free throws in pretty much every game. So it looks like he's going to get you double-digit points pretty much every night, probably three rebounds, four or five assists. I mean, if you're picking that off the waiver wire, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, this this guy is um, – I, I think you're looking at his ceiling, right? This is it. You're going to get uh, those types of assists and points, and he's going to be able to produce that for the next month and a half. I don't think you're going to get any uh, – he doesn't have any trade value. He doesn't have any rest of the season value. He doesn't have any dynasty value. This is a, a temporary plug for your lack of depth at the point guard position. Yeah, definitely. And at any moment, right, they could shift it to Tyler Ulis. They could shift it to somebody they traded for, you know, if they did decide to move Blitzo or Tyson Chandler or anybody, right? You keep hearing Tyson Chandler's name being bandied around in the trade rumors too. So, I mean, maybe it doesn't even last a month and a half, but I'm going to pick him up on the off chance that I can get some good production for the next undetermined amount of time. Yeah, why not? I think um, whenever that trade comes down, I, there's going to be a lot of, um, I think, a lot of interest in, in who ends up getting moved there. Tyson Chandler, like you said, part of those rumors Alex Lynn becomes a little bit more interesting fantasy-wise if he's going to get 30-some minutes a game, but Dragon Bender has also been getting uh, a little bit more playing time lately. Any interest in either one of those guys, or are you just watching them when it comes to standard leagues? Well, Lynn, even in limited minutes, right, he's getting 9.5 rebounds in 23 minutes. Now I don't know that that sticks, but I mean, Lynn's proven to be a, a pretty good permanent producer. I mean, I'm interested in Lynn in kind of a streaming sense. I don't know that I want to hold him. Because, I mean, in 23 minutes, it's going to be hard to keep up that big rebounding rate. But if you held him, it wouldn't be probably the worst thing in the world. Even Tyson Chandler, like I mentioned, I mean, 9.7 rebounds a game in 24 minutes. Kind of interested in that. I think, though, that both of those guys' minutes probably go down as the season goes on and they play more Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender. I think that they're just trying to build around those two and not so much Len or Chandler anymore. Yeah, that's definitely the the long-term lookout is that you see that Dragon Bender – Oh, you Dragonbender. He's he, uh, he could be a very interesting fantasy player. His per-minute blocks are, I, I think, the most interesting thing for me coming out of Dragon, uh, out of the mouth of the Dragonbender. And um, I'd be very interested in uh, seeing how his minutes pan out, considering there's just not a ton of guys out there who block shots this year i feel like blocks are a little bit down not maybe not down overall in a sense but there's not a lot of um premier shot blockers out there anymore oh i'm with you there um which is it's i mean it's difficult right it makes every guy who blocks some shots just that much more valuable exactly Um, and i think it does have to do with the shifting philosophy of the nba which is to shoot quicker the shot clock and, clock and shoot a lot more threes. So there's a lot less people going to the rim and a lot more people shooting threes. Oh, I'm with you there. That's that's definitely for sure. Um, it's always still kind of an adjustment for me when someone like dribbles down there like five seconds into the shot clock and just bombs a three. I'm still always like, man, was that really the best play we could have made? Like, it's just, It's still an adjustment. I always wonder on the on the transition when there's a, a breakaway and then it's two on one and then one guy just runs to the three point line. What is this? 
I mean, I get it if you're Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, right? When you can like sure threes at forty percent, but when you're I don't know, insert guy who hits like thirty percent of their threes. You're Justin Holiday. Maybe yeah, there you go. Not be shooting. Maybe you shouldn't be shooting that much at all. Actually, when there's someone better on your team at shooting, just throwing it out there. That's, I got some. That's... I got go some words for the, the. I got some words for the Chicago Bulls, but I will save that for the hashtag Bulls podcast that will be coming out later this week. I will say this though about old Justin Holiday, man. He's been pretty good for fantasy. Albeit if, not a great basketball player. If you do not care about your shooting percentage, you are right. He has not been bad. Hey man, sometimes you gotta take the hits. All right, can I talk about my guy now? Let's yeah, let's let's who do you got? Who's out there? I want to give one more plug for him. I said to pick him up last week. Some of you listened because he's up to twenty one percent, but still far too low. I know the Kings stink, okay? You're not getting this one past me. I know they've only scored like 85 points in three of their last five games. They're barely better than the Bulls. But Bogdan Bogdanovich finally starting, playing like a boss, getting you great steal numbers, getting you a few assists, getting you a few rebounds, double-digit points, shooting the ball really well. He's going to keep doing all those things. He's worth owning in your standard league. The minutes are only going to go up. The production is only going to get better. Pick him up now. Hold him. He's worth it. In the uh, clash of the Bogdans the other night, though, when they went up against the Pacers, um, the 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 Pacers, Bogdanovich, ended up having the better night. But I, I think I'm with you that the Sacramento Kings, Bogdanovich, is the better fantasy player short-term and long-term. 100%. I mean, we've seen we've seen the Pacers version what he can do, Bojan Bogdanovich. I mean, that's just that's a stream guy for me in a standard league. I, that's not even anything I want to hold. Um maybe in a 14 team league I'll own that, but probably more like I mean, I'm still not excited about it. Whereas I think Bogdan even 12 team leagues, he's he's ownable, holdable. Keep him. I'm telling you. Yeah, like go go out to um, go out to your waivers, see if he's out there. I assume he is because yeah. uh, I, he's not owned in very many leagues. Twenty one percent still. I mean, that's just, wow. just not enough, man. He's seventy fifth in Yahoo's faux nine category rankings. A lot of people are out there picking up the Indiana Bogdanovich. Do you think he's standard league relevant? No, deeper league, sure, streamable, yeah. Not holding him. If you need points, he's a streamer, right? He's just a points and threes guy, right? I mean, like, yeah. he's, he's, he's points nice and threes. He's, you know, he's been getting um, a steal a game for the last four games now, but he's a shooter. And there's a lot of shooters out there. Uh, more so than ever, there's points and threes to be had on the waiver wire. I think well, this is a little bit of a different it's, year. It's not that, that though, is it? It's that points, because there's more and more points, right? Those 10 points, right, which seemed like it was okay to pick up on the waiver wire, like is not as good as it once was. Yeah, I definitely had to adjust to um, the fact that, you know, just scoring is up across the board in the league right now. And so someone who averages like 13 points really isn't that valuable anymore. 
Oh, like yeah, Mo, with... Mo Harkless, one of our favorite players, Mo Harkless. You know, I think his value is is diminishing a little bit because he's just not getting enough threes. He's not getting enough points. And and there's guys out there who, you know, average 17 and two and a half. Um, yeah, so his category in those things are diminishing. The king that keeps Mo Harkless in the Mo Harkless territory, I think, is the block that he gets now per game is actually boosting his value because there's not that many guys getting a block a game. Yeah, he's still and, treading water out there at the bottom of your standard league, right? But he he's not really owning a lot of leagues right now either. And here was my my ploy for him. He's shooting thirty seven percent. So he's just shooting a crap percentage right now. So yeah, okay, the eight point one points don't look great, but I really think that that's going to pick up here when he starts knocking his shot down. I mean, he's a forty seven shooter for his career on quite a bit of attempts so i mean there's no reason to think that he's not going to shoot that eventually and once he starts shooting that he's going to get you more than a three a game he's going to get you probably somewhere in the double digit points range and a steal and a block per game so kind of a triple one guy i think he's definitely worth owning and yes you're right he is not owned in near enough leagues i made the case for him i'm in the last show 25 percent owned i'm telling you own this guy man he's worth it in a standard league I'm a fan, and actually, uh, near the end of the game this evening, Al Camino did leave, I, I believe, with an ankle sprain. So Mo Harkless might be seeing more minutes here in the near future. Be sure to go out to Twitter, and um, if you're not following like an absurd amount of people on Twitter for for fancy basketball, uh, you might want to because that is a good way to get those uh, injury alerts and to to make decisions off of those injuries. And right now, Mo Harkless. Uh, could be in for a little bit more playing time. Uh, yeah, I mean, Aminu's been playing a little bit. He's been playing a little bit more three. Aminu's been playing a little bit more four. Um, but I think he can definitely shift down to the four if need be. Noah Vonley is coming back too. A lot of people thought that was going to hurt Mel Harkless and, and Alfred Camino's minutes, but if Alfred Camino's out now, I think that actually only helps more Harkless' minutes. So, All right, I'm ready to talk about your Chicago Bulls. Jerry Grant, 15% uh. owned. Get out of my face, Jerry and Grant. Six assists a game, though. Get out of my face, Jerry and Grant. Here's why. Tyler, I'm going to have to go. We, we usually, you know, sometimes we agree a little too much on this podcast. But today, we are not going to be agreeing. You don't want six assists for your team. You don't want that. Didn't really? say that. I don't want Jerry and freaking Grant. And this is why. Chris Dunn is back in Chicago. And this evening, I, I um, did watched the Bulls game, Bulls versus Heat, and luckily the Bulls uh, were in the game and they lost, so that's that was a good outcome. And Jerry and Grant looked like trash. And honestly, Jerry and Grant has looked pretty much like trash for no, he can't shoot, right? Season. He's not a very I mean, good shooter. He's, he's, also, not a, he's also not a very good point guard. He gets those assists simply because he's the only one handling the ball. Yeah, but it's the Rondo, Rondo theory, isn't it? Right? If Rondo dominates the ball, Rondo gets the assist, whether he's good or not. You're 100% right there. But this is why I think this is not going to work for the rest of the season. Chris Dunn looks like a the better NBA player. He doesn't look like a point guard, but he looks like the better NBA player. He's a bit more athletic. He's quicker, and he can actually play defense. It is only a matter of time, and I'm actually thinking it's a short amount of time, from the uh, stuff coming out of you know Hoiberg's mouth about 
wanting to run different guard sets in the rotation. Like here comes the bullshit rotation from Hoiberg for the rest of the year. But Chris Dunn is going to replace Jerry and Grant in the starting lineup. Okay. What the does for minutes? I'm not sure, but I, I'm guessing Chris Dunn is going to play more minutes than Jerry and Grant because allegedly Chris Dunn and Larry Marketin are supposed to be the uh, the rebuilding pieces of the future. So regardless of that, right? And and, and that okay, we'll, we'll go with that theory. I mean, you're you're a lot closer to these Bulls than I am. There's still going to be somebody who gets five to six assists a game. Now, sure. someone's going to have to take his assist, right? If someone takes his minutes, someone's going to have to take his assist. Someone has to hold the ball. Someone's going to make a shot. Someone's going to get assist. So, I mean, Chris Dunn's out there too. Am yeah. I wrong about this? So, Chris Dunn should be on your waiver wire as well. You know what I mean? So if you oh, tell no, me not. Dunn's going to get the minutes, then Dunn's the man I want. If you're telling me it's a Phoenix situation where they're going to split the baby, then, you know, then we'll, then we'll talk. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you that there aren't assists to be had in the Chicago land area. Um, my my disagreement is that here pretty soon, Jerry and Grant's fancy value is going to fall. So if you own Jerry and Grant right now, might be a good idea to move him if you can. So who do you want? You got. I mean, I think these maybe stream guys, anyways, right? I don't know that yeah, you're gonna want to be ownable. So, in most leagues, in standard leagues. So anyway. for the next week let's say say you're in a weekly league and you're going to hold them for next week okay so you're going to pick them up today but you got to you can only start them and play them next week which which man do you want you want done or do you want grant you need assist i mean i think it's actually going to happen pretty quick uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go if i if i need assist i'm i'm gonna go with grant for one more week and then after that I, I, i'm pretty sure it's i'm gonna go with done the rest of the way all right, fair enough. And that helps people, right? Because now yeah. you know. If you're looking long-term for assists, right? Like, ooh, you know, I, I got this guy, and maybe he's starting right now, but he's going to go back to the bench when, you know, Chris Paul gets healthy or whatever. You know, I mean, that's not a great example because James Harden's taking all the assists, but yeah. whoever. You know what I mean? Now you can go out and actually get somebody who's going to get you assists for probably the rest of the season. And, and Dunn, is, Dunn is not really a point guard. Either so, I know, for all this talk, you're not going to get a ton of point guards. You're not going to get a ton of assists. He was the best point guard in that draft. Blah blah blah. You know he's so wonderful. Blah blah blah. Now like he, he does, he never looks like a point guard to me either. But I still think yeah. he can get you four or five assists, which that matters in the assist category. There's not that many guys knocking around getting you four or five assists. That is um, certainly true. Let's see who who else you got out there on your list. Man, you know, this waiver wire is not as sexy as it seems. Um, but there's a lot of, like, guys, I think, who could take a step forward. So, i got a couple that I want to wax lyrical about. Um, the first man I'll say about that I still think is criminally under-owned and has been playing pretty good lately, and he's actually a little more owned than we were shooting for, but I want to get a minute on him. Tyreek Evans, 55% owned. I think that should just be a lot more. Freak Tyreek. Love Freak Tyreek. You know what I mean? I, I mean, shouldn't he be closer to like 60 70% owned? I mean, he's just playing well. He's not getting a ton of minutes, but they need somebody to score the ball in that second unit, and he's doing it. I just really think he could be pretty damn valuable the rest of the way. And... Yeah, uh, Tyreek is definitely a really good fantasy player. And in Memphis, he's got a lot 
of opportunity. Now, is that team getting healthier? Yes. So are there minutes to uh, that might have to go around? Yeah, but sure. I mean, but but that, I don't think Tyreek's minutes are going to go anywhere. That's what I mean. Let's not kid ourselves. Wayne Selden should not be taking minutes from Tyreek Evans. I'm sorry. I've seen that guy play basketball. He's not great. And when Tyreek is on his game, he's a great rebounder, a great assist, good steals, good points. And uh, like like I said, Memphis doesn't really have anyone to replace him with. So and um, here's the why, thing. why not on him? I mentioned this on my schedule primer, and here's the thing I love about it. He's playing in back-to-backs, right? So the last couple of years, no one was playing in back-to-backs. And that guy's kind of hurts your value quite a bit. He's playing in back-to-backs this year for Memphis. He's looking good. He's definitely a guy I would own. Oh, another guy that I'm kind of interested in who's owned in f- about 55% of leagues as well is Markeith Morris. Now, we kind of talked about injuries in the last episode and, and when to go out and get someone who's been injured or who, in this case, suspended and injured. It seems like he will be making his de- uh, debut on Friday against the Cavs. He did set the game out to this evening for the injury for the suspension, correct? Yes. Okay. So tonight was his suspension game. Which means he had to be healthy enough to play because that's how the NBA does it. Which means Friday he should go. And so he will be playing Friday. I think if he's available right now, and like we talked about earlier in a head-to-head league, I know Friday's a busy day, right? But maybe you need some points. Maybe you need some uh, uh, rebounds. And, and, and Markeith Morris can provide those things. I'm not sure what Washington is going to do. If they're going to shove him right back into the starting lineup. But here's what happened. Otto Porter did not play uh, this evening. So Kelly Oubre got the, the start. But Kelly Oubre's value is now in question too. So now we got a real interesting situation here in Washington. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. I would pick up Morris now just because even even if they kind of bring him back slowly, right, only play him like 20, 25 minutes on Friday – I think that once he ramps back up to over 30, which he's going to get, he's going to be worth owning. And so if you got to hold him for a couple of subpar games, I mean, that's just – that's the bullet you got to bite. Yeah, in fact, like, I know Al Farouk has been playing pretty well, but he twisted his ankle. Maybe he's out for a little bit. Um, watch the news on that, like I said. And Plus, Bobby's see... coming back, like I mentioned, so I would definitely yeah. make that move. I think – I would take Markeith Morris right now and uh, over – over Al Farouk Aminu. Al Farouk has been playing well, but you know I just don't see this being a breakout year for Al Farouk Aminu. Um, let's, uh, he's off to a hot start, and that's exactly what that is. He's definitely a, a uh, sell-high type of guy. And uh, Markeith Morris, we all know that Markeith Morris can um, actually produce you know, very solid top 80 fantasy value. Yeah, and that matters, right? Um, yeah, I'd definitely be be searching for that. Um, I'll make it a cut candidate now. Sixty-one percent, Buddy Healed. That's not going to work out for you people. Just just get rid of him. What happened to Buddy Healed out there in Sacramento? You you you're following the the Kings pretty closely. Um, they finally found out Buddy Healed can't play like a defense. I think. Um, mm, Garrett Temple that can. Will, that will do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Garrett Temple can. So Garrett Temple's getting minutes. They're playing the two-point guard lineup with Fox and Hill, right? Because Fox has looked like perhaps their best player. I mean, him, Willie Colley-Stein, and Bogdanovich are the only three players on the Kings that have played well so far. Scalabissier has, but the minutes have been so small and so games that it's 
it's hard to say he's been real good. Yeah, that's um, really been depressing me there. You know how we, I mean we both like the uh, pass to Labassier. We both like that guy a lot and think he could be a very good fantasy basketball player. And um, apparently the Kings are passing on playing the Labassier. Well, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that. You like that? You like that play on words, Tyler? That's pretty good. It was great. That's, that's a quality play on words, Tyler. Here's the thing that drives me crazy crazy about Jaeger, man, is it's his old boys club, right? He he signs Zach Randolph and thinks he's got to start him and play him these huge minutes. As a power forward, when even Memphis, who had Zach Randolph for how many years, Mike, knew last year they couldn't play Randolph at power forward anymore because he can't guard any fours anymore because they're smaller and quicker. He can't guard them. But yet Jaeger keeps playing him at the four. He's just the center now, and you don't want to play him over Willie Cauley-Stein. So at most, Zach Randolph should get like 15 minutes a night. Yeah, I'm not sure why that's still happening. It doesn't make any sense to me. And so that's driving me crazy. But, I mean, Buddy Heald is what he is, right? He can make a three-pointer. He's got a good shot. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's useful in some spaces, but he's just – He's the – let me think about this. He's a Lou Williams type, right? He gets like 20 minutes a night and can fill it up in that 20 minutes. But the bad part is he's not great at creating his own shot, so he's just a spot-up Lou Williams. You know what I mean? Like he's he's nothing, but then he doesn't play any defense. So he just really gets hard to play. I don't think you want to own him for for the bulk of the season. It's just I just don't love it. Um, I, I was trying to tell people not to draft him, and now I think – I mean, I just don't see it turning around. Yeah, it 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 doesn't look good. And like we said, he's kind of a he's not a a multi dimensional fantasy player. So why why are you putting collateral like putting up value into into Buddy Heald? You know. Yeah, I'm with you there. Just like I mean, what what could he possibly do? That's what I keep asking people who want to hold him like what could he possibly do and i can't really think of anything that sounds great no i don't either um i want to talk about one player who's owned in 32 percent of yahoo leagues this guy plays for the brooklyn nets he used to play for the chicago bulls and apparently he's a pretty decent point guard i wonder why the bulls last year and this year would not want someone who's a pretty decent point guard i'm talking about spencer dinwiddie um ended up playing 30 minutes against denver and uh 22 minutes against phoenix is scoring pretty well getting the uh, some assists and some steals and um you know brooklyn is really looking for someone to play in that jeremy lynn spot now that jeremy lynn you know says he's going to be out for the rest of the season and it looks like this is Spencer Dinwiddie's turn. What do you think about him in the short term and the and also in the long term? Well, I, I had my brother convinced for a long time that this guy's name was Dimwit, so that made me feel good about myself. That's not a good sign for your brother. He also might be a Dimwit. He definitely is. Don't 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 hear sure. him. Um so what <laughs> changed minutes relatively per game he got last year over the time and the numbers are all significantly better so that's kind of a worrying sign right in the sense that i don't 
know that he got that much better. So maybe it's just some hot shooting and some big scoring. Wasn't but, that Brooklyn team a bit of a mess last year, though? This year? I mean, Kenny Atkinson sticks his finger up in the air in the morning and decides who he's going to play that night by which way the wind's blowing. He is a trash person. I, I agree with that. The thing that worries me about owning any of these Brooklyn guys, and you know, I talked about in this week they only played two games, so obviously none of them were, were super enticing. But it's like, I mean, just look at the game log. 18, 32, 22, 30, 22. It's like he can't decide who to play. And that's always worrying because maybe the week you pick him up is the week he decides to give it 22, 22, and 22, and they only play three games. And then you're going, well, crap, I didn't get that much value out of this guy because – Coach Atkinson decided that somebody else should play. But then the next week when you drop him, he gets 30, 30, and 30, and you look like an idiot. So um, he's just in the stream category for me just because I don't know how many minutes he's going to get, and that bugs me. Um, The assists have been nice, though, so I might hold him just for the assists alone, right? If he can give me four or five assists a game, that would make him somewhat ownable in a standard league. But Would you rather own – Spencer Dimwitty over the next three weeks or Jerry and Grant? Well, given Grant's playing time in the last two games, I'm worried about that too, right? Because that was only in the high to low 20s. Yeah. So I think Dimwitty might, as crazy as it sounds, he might have a higher minute ceiling than Grant. I'd rather take a flyer on Dimwitty, just given what I know about the Chris Dunn situation. Uh, I'd rather take a flyer on Dimwitty to see what pans out there. And uh, Dimwitty's a little bit of a hotter hand. Like, what you're seeing Jerry and Grant do right now is probably, like, as good as he can play. I'm with you there. And Dimwitty's younger than you, than you think, right? It seems like he's yeah. been around a little bit, but he's only 24. So um, I got another guy that I was going to yeah. mention that I think I might rather own them both of them. Well, let me hear it. And he plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. He has won TJ McConnell. Oh, I, li- I like T.J. McConnell. Now, since Fultz has been out, 28, 31, 26, 26 minutes, he's going to get you assists. He knows he can't shoot the ball great, so he gets in where he can make his shots. He's going to shoot a good percentage on relatively minimal attempts. He's never going to shoot free throws. Uh, his first rookie season, we had the free throw watch on the Daily Fantasy Basketball Podcast when he was going to shoot his first free throw. He shot in two free throws so far this season, and that's it. Wow, he, that's a career high. He doesn't get fouled, so don't don't be expecting that. But he can always get you a few rebounds. He's going to get you good assists. He's going to get you like a steal a game. I'm actually really kind of interested in McConnell. I would rather have him over both Grant, Dimwitty, and Chris Dunn, I think. Uh, I think I'd rather have him in a in a situation where I need I'm looking at assists and I need just assists because he's not like you said he's not going to score a ton he's not going to really help you. Um, in but a, all in those a, other, other categories could actively hurt your field goal percentage. I think that is true. So there's a knock. He's going to get more rebounds than most of those guys, if not all those guys, because he consistently can get like three a game when he's playing that kind of minutes. Is Dimwitty going to get that? Dimwitty's got a bunch of games where he's gotten zero. That's true. And 
McConnell, I mean, he's going to get you like two turnovers if you're caring about that, but so are all those other guys. So, what's, uh, what's McConnell's playing time look like? In, um, especially in game, I mean, we have to go look at this, right? What, is his, what does it look like when Embiid's not playing? Is he playing more or less, or is he pretty much getting a standard? He's, I mean, he's relatively right in there in that 20, 26 to 30 range. He's going to stick in that. Um, I think all the way until Fultz comes back, right? So they just said Fultz was out for three weeks at the beginning of this week. So, I mean, for the next three weeks, I think he's got some solid value. Then once Fultz comes back, it gets down to like 18 minutes and you probably don't want him. But, I mean, with these waiver wire guys, you're looking for short-term pops anyways. Because someone else is going to pop out and you're going to want them more, right? Because, I don't know, X player is going to get injured and you're going to want that person. Yeah, and actually I would expect Fultz to be out a little bit longer than – than they're that they're letting on with the fact that just like he just looks like he needs to be fixed, and I don't think they're going to rush him back. And so you know, take a flyer on T.J. McConnell. Why not? Uh, definitely over Dimwitty. I'd probably take him uh, over Dunn as well uh, in the in the medium term. I guess. I guess it'd just be the short term. I'm with you, man. I, I really like T.J. McConnell. Twenty three percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Definitely worth it. That is far too few, um, and if you need assists, that's your guy right there. That's your Huckleberry. All right, I want to talk to you about a hot name. It's going to get hotter as people look at the box scores tomorrow morning. 14% owned in Yahoo Leagues. This man, his name is Malik Monk. 25 points tonight, five three-pointers. Two rebounds and assists and a steal. He's a one-dimensional player. That is very much correct. But is he a quality one-dimensional player? Quality one-dimensional player. Is he For worth fantasy? streaming in a standard 12-team league? Is he worth streaming over other guys who will give you threes and points? That's a good question. I'm always worried a little bit about rookies, especially early on in the season, um, early for the year. But he's getting 10 shots a game, which you like to see, right? He's, um, he's not afraid of shooting. Yeah, he's going to fire it up. Man, I, not yet. But perhaps in a few weeks. I'm a little more interested in Because I think we always see kind of like for this first month or two, rookies often shoot poorly. Um, and he had one of these games on the 25th of October, right, where he had 17 points, shot 50% from the field. He had a similar game to what he had last night. And then, boom, he's back down to doing almost nothing again. Not the worst stream, I suppose, for points and threes, but i I'll be more interested in December than I am in November. I think people are getting a little too excited about a guy who shoots 35%. But, and who goes um, to the line a half of uh, half a free throw a game? But like a lot of rookies, not even, right? uh, games. we see this with a lot of rookies where that field goal percentage kind of trends up in in a every month, right? Every month, yeah, a little better, a little better, a little better, a little better, a little better. So he shot twenty nine percent in the first month. Maybe it's thirty one, then it's thirty three, then it's thirty five, then it's close to forty by the end. So at that point, maybe he's worth it at that volume, but you got to figure Nick Batum comes back by then too. So I'm definitely not getting excited. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Nick Batum, by the time League Monk might be uh, uh, consistent in, get, in, in providing you a good th- clip of three-pointers, uh, Nick Batum might eat into those minutes pretty quickly. I'm going to take oh. my own horn again. Well, I'll go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I got Well, let me do. I got one more who's in the same mold. All right. In less leagues, only owned in twelve percent of leagues, but plays twenty-two minutes a game for the Utah Jazz, and that's uh, Donovan Mitchell, who also had a stellar game this evening. Closed down the game uh, in the fourth quarter and in overtime. Twenty-eight points, six rebounds. Three assists, four three pointers. You know what I like a, a little bit more about him than than Malik Monk is I think he can create a shot a lot better. Malik Monk is is definitely a catch and shoot type of guy, but Donovan Mitchell this evening I was watching some of that game um, was getting to the line, was forcing the issue and 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 creating shots like you said instead of just catching and shooting on the perimeter. Oh, this this dude can ball, man. He can play. Um, he's a little undersized in the sense that I think he's a little bit short to be a shooting guard in, in the defensive scheme of things. And I don't know that he's got the foot speed maybe to guard some of these super elite point guards. So that could limit his minutes on certain nights, right? As the defense is bad when we see that a lot, right? But, man, this guy can play. I really like to watch him. He's someone to keep an eye on, but in a standard league, I, d- I don't think he's ownable. He, barring injury, I'm not sure he's going to be ownable the rest of the season. Same with Malik Bunk. Neither one of these are going to be ownable in a 12-team league. These are more guys you, you, you'd you want to stream. If I had to put my money on one of these guys being ownable, though, it'd be Donovan Mitchell. I'm with you there. All right, who did you, who do you want to talk about? All right, I want to toot my own horn. One second. You're always tooting your own horn, Tyler. Because this is one, this. this is guy you fought me on, and I want to tell you that you're oh, wrong. Here we go. You love to Lance Stevenson. Remember in our Pacers preview when you tried to tell me Lance was going to be good? I I do wow. not recall that. You definitely did. I would like to play back the tape for you right Senator, now, I, Senator. I do not recall that. If we had that queued up, Mr. Lance Stevenson playing 20 minutes a game, shooting horrendous, 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 and horrendous. That half a steal might help you out, though, Mike. I hope you're enjoying it. That's not bad. Have a steal a game. Uh, Yeah, Lance is uh, not making anybody dance. And, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, poor Lance, man. I think he's just – this could be the end. This could be the closer on his his career here. Not only does he not have it, right, he's also on a team – that magically became really kind of good. And let's let's actually talk about one of the players on this team, uh, uh, Dante Sabonis. This guy, wow, Sabones, the Saboner, he is um, really just is balling with Miles Turner out so much that I just think they're going to have to figure out a way to get him on the court more and maybe even play him with Miles Turner. I'm not sure their games really align, but this dude is owned in 62% of leagues, which is drastically up simply because of his, his play lately. He's averaging 13 points, 11 rebounds, 11 rebounds. 
Well, he's a double double every night with assists. Yeah, with his decent you know, assists. Defensive stats, but I mean, shooting a great field goal percentage, free throw percentage is not completely horrendous. It's not good, sixty five percent, but it's not Andre Drummond's forty. He's almost like um an a, a fully actualized Alex Lynn. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy that. Christopher Alex Lynn might get a block every block every once in a while, and it doesn't seem like Savonis is going to be getting you a block. Nate again. McMillan says right he wants to play those two together and see how that works and and all that, but I just don't know that Sabonis. I mean, it's it's the same thing we talked about a little bit on. Does Sabonis have the foot speed to be guarding some of these faster guys? Like I don't I don't know former Pacer Paul George or you know Carmelo. Well, I don't think he's going to have to to guard. Some of those players, right? Uh, I just think you putting him at the putting him at the four with Turner might just. I don't think those 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 two styles of play gel well. In fact, I think they might even overlap and be on the same uh, parts of the court. Or even worse, it would force Miles Turner to play more around the perimeter. While Dantas gets the rebound, so that would actually hurt Miles Turner's value. Yeah, and I mean on the periphery, right? Like Turner probably plays like somewhere around thirty, and Al Jefferson has been getting like eighteen minutes a game, even when even that game when Turner was healthy. So you got to figure those minutes should probably go to Sabonis. So if Turner's at thirty, Miles or Sabonis gets those eighteen. I mean, plus he'll play some at power forward next to Turner. I mean, I think he's going to have some value. The question is going to be how much. I don't know that he's going to shoot 67.9%. So that's going to drop the numbers down right there as it is. I think the assists probably could go away when Miles Turner comes back. I think they're going to ask Miles Turner to do that bit of ball handling he's doing now. And he doesn't get you anything in blocks and steals. So I think it dries up when Turner comes back pretty hard, but he could still be a, a quality guy for rebounds. Can we uh can we pour one out for Al Jefferson? That guy, wow. man, that guy has had a, a great career. Yeah, he has, but the the sun the sun has set on that day, huh? I know it's a, it's a sad sight to see, but uh, Al Jefferson was a great player. Um, go out there, all all the kids listening, go out there and watch some Al Jefferson highlights on YouTube. Actually, once you're done with that, go watch some Muggsy Bogues highlights. If you want to go old school, man, Muggsy Bogues was. Filthy, absolutely filthy. I mean, I Chicago. thought that was going to be a Chicago Bulls throwback, and it wasn't. No, man, Muggsy was sick. Shout out to the Chicago cab driver who put me on to Muggsy Bogues highlights. So shout out to him. <laughs> Mike talking to random Chicago Bulls cab drivers. Yo, man, when that's, that's going to be our, our next episode right there. When, Mike talks to random Chicago Bulls cab drivers. When you gotta, when you gotta. <laughs> Go halfway across town and traffic's bad. You're good to talk basketball with your cab driver. It's just the way it works. Oh, man. I mean, I had a cab driver once. I went to Baltimore and I got in this cab and we were going to the Orioles game and he sped down the uh, berm of the highway and he leaned back to me and said, you don't make any money as a cab driver if you follow the rules of the road. Sounds like a great, that's a good cab driver right there. I would have tipped him well. 
<laughs> so we got to the Orioles game in time to see it. Well, many people waited on the highway as this man drove down the berm. So shout out to that guy. He was a cool dude. Yeah, man. I, I hope you tipped him well because he deserved it. That's <laughs> The more dangerous I feel in the cap, the more I know this guy is doing his job. So, yeah, man, he got a, he got a healthy tip for that because we were kind of running late for the game. Uh, so but, yeah, shout out to that dude. You know, these days, uh, you don't take cabs, you take Ubers, but tip your Uber drivers if they're driving dangerously, too. Good for them. <laughs> um, I got one more guy. All right, let's do it. 53% of them. Plays for the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Simmons. Kind of an interesting character. Kind of been playing really well over the last few games. Is playing enough minutes to be interesting. And uh, Frank Vogel likes him. Oh, man, that could be the kiss of death right there. I was interested until you said Frank Vogel liked him. <laughs> I think Vogel's been doing a pretty good job. Um, Orlando Magic are winning games. Yeah, and, and Simmons looks like he's going to be a good steals guy, right? So you like that. He's at least giving you something in the defensive stats. Uh, Unlike a lot of guys we talked about tonight, Simmons is someone who produces across the board. Yeah, other than the blocks category, he's he's got some numbers everywhere, which you'd like to see. Um, I, I'm kind of in on Simmons. Now, the question is, what does Simmons shoot for the season, right? He's shooting 53% from the field right now. I mean, does does that stick? I mean, no, he shot 42 last year, but then he shot 50 the year before that. So I'm kind of confused on on. Well, he it makes depends a, on who he's playing with, right? Well, he makes a lot of drives to the basket, right? So that's always a positive. I mean, that's just the higher percentage shot. Um, man, I I have mixed feelings about him. I'm I'm definitely willing to ride a hot streak here, and see where that goes. I think it's worth taking a flyer on on him in in most leagues and especially in twelve team leagues. Why not? Uh, what do you what do you got to lose here? You know you're gonna get nothing special here. Like there's no like outlier. He's not getting like seven blocks a game or anything like that. But uh, across the board, here's like, the other than blocks. He's he's a solid player. Here's the worrying thing for me. Okay, if you look at his field goal attempts per the percentage per the distances. Um, he's shooting the lowest amount from zero to three feet that he's ever shot. And he's shooting more 10 to 16 feet and 16 feet to the three point line. That's I, never I'm, good. I am going to throw out a small sample size alert though. He that's true, but you don't love a, a man falling in love with his mid range jumpers. Right? So you got to hope that that trend kind of switches around He's shooting fifty-seven percent from three to hey, ten feet. That's that's not going to keep up. I mean, that's if he if he can't keep that up, which I don't think he can. But and he's shooting um, sixty good. from sixteen to the three-point line. I think you can look at that in two ways, right? Like, and I think it's a little bit of both. That number probably goes down his mid-range, but you would think his his short range goes up based on the the short. And that's what you got to hope for. And he's shooting fifty percent from three. So far this season, which is definitely not going to hold because he's not Steph Curry or Clay Thompson or any of those guys. No, that's that's not going to hold. But he is he is worth um getting you about a three a game. Yeah, and and this is this is the kind of guy where instead of just cutting him after his next game, I think I'd hold him for a little bit. Right, he's shown some value, and let's see where it goes. 
And if he has two or three bad games in a row, then I probably go, all right, it was nice knowing you, John. Is uh is DJ Augustine he played this evening. He only played thirteen minutes. I think he ended up injuring uh injuring himself. He did in fact injure himself. You are correct oh, well, about that. Well let's let's talk about that then. Um I'm just gonna play point guard here because uh, Alfred Payton's out too. Yeah. <laughs> um so we're kinda getting in precarious territory for the magic, right? In I mean, golly, six and two though. Shout out to them for that. Yeah, um, respect. I mean, Terrence Ross played twenty-seven minutes tonight. Um, even Mario Hazonia, whose uh, player option did not get picked up, take note. Uh, whoever picked up Cameron Payne's uh, player option was well, uh, that, that was a dumb idea. Uh, Mario Hazonia, who's not going to be on the the Orlando Magic next year, played Here's twelve my minutes question. tonight. And and maybe you. You can answer this, maybe you can't. Is there a date for that? Because they said with the Philly thing that Philly's not going to pick up Okafor's player option, okay? But if he gets traded, things could change. So the, 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 someone else then... I think you can pick that player option up until if my NBA 2K knowledge is anything to fall back on. Uh, I believe it's sometime in February. Okay, so that's why um, I'm not super huge on all that the cap and all that, you know. Yeah. Then again, I feel like there was a date recently. That's why all these things are being announced right now. Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought. I thought it was like now. So I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. So you got to think Shelvin Mack plays, right? At least some minutes, and then do they just kind of go with one of those faux point guard lineups where? They put out a bunch of wings and guards and just kind of let everyone John yeah, think, Simmons and all that. I think uh, Shovel Mac might be worth a, a stream if you need assists as well. You know, I think he in extended minutes has looked somewhat decent when it comes to fantasy wise, right? Not in real life, uh, but you could, like you said, see a Fournier Ross. Um, the thing court. they that hurts them right is they play on Friday games so that that's not great and then they play on sunday and there's a bunch of games so i mean maybe maybe that's one you don't want just in the sense that you probably maybe not going to get to use them games on sunday there's 12 on friday so yeah you, you might not need them so does he even crack your lineup you'd have to look and and see that before i would pick him up I think it'd be in a pretty deep league for him to crack your lineup, but uh, Shelvin Mack might be a good pickup in deeper in, in big leagues, deeper leagues. Right, uh, that's definitely a short-term move. I mean, once oh, yeah. he come back, he's super temporary. All this uh, that yeah, let's not even talk about uh, long-term. Let's not even. We, I don't feel like I feel like our listeners are, are are smart enough for us not even to have to mention that Shelvin Mack is not a rest of the year type of player. I doubt about that. Is there anyone else you want to talk about tonight, Tyler? Do we uh, do we hit all the uh, high points and mostly low points? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that about covers it. I think we cover a lot of guys that are kind of fringy, and and hopefully it's help people, you know, make some moves and win the weeks, man. That's all that matters. Just win your weeks. Yeah. So we're going to be running a um, waiver wire type of um, podcast in the middle of the week uh, every week, hopefully. Uh, depending on our schedules, and uh, hopefully that allows you to 
um, based on the strategy that we talked about earlier in this podcast, uh, win your week and adjust your your lineups accordingly in your head-to-head leagues. And uh, we'll also talk about rest of the year type of stuff as well. And if you if you have any feedback or anything else you'd like to hear, uh, you could tweet at us and give a, a, a and let us know. Let us know what you actually want us to talk about. Uh, we take feedback pretty seriously and we respond very quickly. Um, Tyler, where can we tweet at you? Uh, you can tweet at me at Watsy four 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 four. Perfect. And you can get at me at Watch the Boxes, all one word, on Twitter. And like I said, if you go to draft.com or you download the draft app and you want to play against us and take our money, take a screenshot and tweet at us using the promo code boxes to sign up for draft.com. And we will make sure we get into some draft with you. So uh, you can take our money. You will take mine. I'm telling you, I'm not good at it. I'm going to win. I'm going to, I'm just saying it. You're not taking my money. Listeners, you're not taking any of my money. I'm going to win. I'm going to take your money. It's going to be a great endeavor for me. It's going to boost <laughs> my financial situation by taking the listener's money. I can't wait. Wait, Mike Catro, the first draft millionaire. I can see it already. Yeah. People will stop listening if I take their money. So uh, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? So, yeah, I we appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, if you got feedback, let us know. And if you really, you know, if you enjoy the uh, the podcast, Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you download the podcast. It really helps us get visibility. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, take people's phones and download the podcast. Um, sign up for draft using the promo code boxes. And I think that's it. You got anything else to plug, Tyler? That's it for me, man. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good one.